everybody welcome to another episode of roll or die normally uh i don't get the uh the job of doing the intros anymore but kim has allowed me so let's see if i could get through this um we have today a special guest eli Golub. he's an he's an awesome guy he's been around the jiu-jitsu traps for a long time uh, he's a blue belt and he has gone to the troubles for the jiu-jitsu community of actually writing a book uh, we're going to talk about that today. Welcome, Eli. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah. That was a terrible uh, so introduction, Anton. Terrible. I'm going to do that again. Get some nuggets, Kim. I'm I'm happy to have an alternate universe intro. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and I didn't say he trains out of immersion and that's right. uh, a whole bunch of things, but that's okay. That's okay. We can roll so with it. So shit, Anton. So <laughs> shit. <laughs> and you're the guy we had to schedule around. <laughs> oh, man. So what I might do, if that's okay, is I might share my screen because I've got your uh, Amazon Kindle book here. And I'm just going to read yep. out um, like the overview of the book. So hopefully I'm sharing yeah. the right yeah, yeah. screen here. Yep. So Old Guy yep. Jiu-Jitsu for Humans Over 40, the Kindle edition. So. This comprehensive guide on starting jiu-jitsu is the perfect resource for anyone looking to explore the benefits of this empowering combat sport. The author, an enthusiastic practitioner with valuable insights from personal experience, shares habits and best practices that can enhance your jiu-jitsu journey. This book is not focused on secret techniques, but instead emphasizes healthy practices that can increase enjoyment and minimize the risk of injury, allowing mature athletes to continue enjoying the sport well into their advancing years. With detailed instructions and personal anecdotes, this guide provides a wealth of information of the many benefits of jiu-jitsu, as well as the tools you need to develop your practice and unlock your full potential. The only way to learn jiu-jitsu is to keep showing up, and this book backs you up with the knowledge to make that possible. So what are you waiting for? Step onto the mat and start your journey to becoming a jiu-jitsu master. Awesome, man. I really like reading that. That was fun. <laughs> and the secret in joke, of course, is that a master is a level of age that we compete at. It's not necessarily someone who's really awesome at something. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm certainly testament to that. As long as I've been studying it, I'm still, I think we all feel like we're beginners, no matter how deep into it we get. But Absolutely. Yeah. Kim, do you still feel like a beginner? Then you're a black belt. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. More than <laughs> really? ever now. Actually, more than more Man. than the, the other belts. When I got my black belt, off, it just the water just did. The water just keeps getting deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper. Yeah, yeah. you realize how so, much you don't know. Yeah, and and it was that realization because we, you know, we're not long out of the really. I live in Melbourne. Um, and we're not really that long out of those horrible lockdowns we had. And I got, you know, halfway through that process. And I think everybody in this community was experiencing like, do we even ever get to do this again? Like, mm -hmm. uh, it's we've discovered this amazing thing that 
I think everyone would agree there's like no downside if you're doing it right. You know, did, did I finally discover this thing that gives me great physical health. It gives me incredible mental clarity. I can, you know, nothing really seems hard when you compare it to jujitsu. Mm. Like, so just the act of going a couple of times a week and getting the absolute shit beat out of you often, mm. um, there's nothing else in life that's as hard as that. And, yeah. and so it, it, I was really despairing in the lockdown that, you know, I had finally found this thing that made my life awesome. Like just, it just, everything else is kind of like, for me, it turned the volume down on almost every other aspect of my life. Nothing else was as important. And I, mm. you know, for probably a year after I started, or I should say after the first year after I started, because for that whole first year, all I did was just smoke everybody's ears about how awesome jujitsu was and they had to start and come with me to a class and look at this cool thing I just learned and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden that was gone completely from my life. I have mats at home. I was fortunate enough to get like three people maybe to sneaky agree to come up here. I live up in the hills, so it's kind of a drive from the city as well. And it just kind of seemed like that was never, it was so open-ended. Like we, there's no, there's no plan. Where do we go here for, you know, next? And I just missed it so much. Mm. I got really nostalgic about when I started and <clears throat> I, you know, I really was just thinking about it all the time. And because I was thinking about it all the time, I was trying to remember what it was like when I started so that when I started again, I wouldn't get caught you know, flat footed, because mm. sometimes you get injuries, you stop training for a little while. And if you don't work on the rest of you while that part is healing, you go back and it's just like 10 times worse than it was when you started. Mm. And it takes you forever to get in. Everybody that practices jujitsu knows that you can be in shape, but you're not in fighting shape. There's difference. There's a big difference between having awesome cardio, being strong, being fit, blah, blah, blah. Once you get on the mat, it doesn't matter. You're not you're not really ready. If you haven't been training, then you're not ready to train. And so I wanted to try and remember all of the stuff that I had had to go through when I started. And then over time, that kind of morphed into a lot of people were still saying to me, you know, you're in really great shape. Like, how are you in such good shape at the age you are and stuff? I'm, I'm 52. Mm -hmm. And um and, and I kept telling people how to do, you know, like, well, if you're, if that's what you want to do, here are the steps to do that. And then at a certain point, those things got added into it. And then we got to the end of lockdown. I started training again and I totally forgot I wrote it. And, uh, and uh, my girlfriend was like, you, you should really make that into a book. I had made some other books, like picture books and like, um, like biographies of my parents. I helped write those kind of things and one of myself for my kids. And then I was like, well, this is fun making these little books. Mm. I'll just keep, I'll just, maybe I'll just make this book, you know? So yeah, that's, that's where it came from. Amazing. And I basically just, yeah, hired an Amazon team to help me get, get it all through the editing process and get it up on, get it up on Amazon and in bookstores all over the place so that I could sell it. Another pro of jiu-jitsu that I'm not sure that you listed, I think one of the, the big ones is the social aspect as well. So like you talked about yeah. lockdowns, but Anton and I started this podcast just before they all started. And I think that's been a big thing 
yeah. for us in trying to sort of help connect the community and things like that. So, yeah, yeah mm. I definitely think there's also that side of jiu-jitsu. Like you make friends and, in jiu-jitsu. You, yeah. and, 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 and like, I, so I was like, some, I was like 42 or something when I started. And when I started, there was no one in the club, including my teacher, who was like anywhere near my age. I mean, I was 10 plus years older than the oldest person there. And the fact that I have been there for whatever, seven or eight years, and a guy can walk in now, you know, not going to lie, you know, half the guys my age that want to get into it are because they listen to Rogan's podcast or something like that. And they hear over and over and over again how great it is. And they want to go and try it. And if they had come in 10 years ago instead of last year, my coach wouldn't have been able to point to me and say, that guy's in his 50s. He's, he does it. Come and, you know, come and try it. And, and when I see those guys on the mat, I'm so happy that somebody did something other than go run a marathon or uh, you know, or buy a Porsche or uh, start sailing or play tennis or whatever else it is, play golf. The other stuff that you're supposed to do when you get old, like, and you want to be sort of have an activity or be fit. I'm, I love seeing those people there, seeing those men and women now. Um, in, in the beginning, it was probably more more men, but, but now that women are, are having an environment that they can actually come into, that there's people like me at our age that can support them. And I'll go straight up to somebody and say, you know, who are you? How old are you? I'm so glad you're here. You know, let's roll. Yeah. Awesome, man. I am. Um, I'm wondering, like, in putting together a book, it's like books occur to me is this very difficult project, ultimately, because they're so easy to stop and start, put, you know, put the project aside for things that are more pressing. So what was that journey from, you know, obviously you wrote this stuff and then your girlfriend said, hey, why don't you make a book? After she said that and the light bulb went off for you, what was the journey like to creating a piece of content that will hopefully ring out through the through the uh, jiu-jitsu community for the ages? You know, what was the difference? Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, it's funny because you're uh, you're exactly right. I was an English major. I mean, when you finish college, basically either you're teaching or you're doing technical writing for someone or you're writing something. And I think my dad, especially when I became an English major, he accepted it just fine. But the assumption was that I was going to write a book at some point. And through my whole 20s, 30s, 40s, I mean, obviously, I'm not from Australia. I ended up here. I've got a quite a long backstory, like origin story. But <laughs> but um, uh, the the process of writing it is hard, but it's really just about it's very similar to learning jujitsu. You just have to be consistent at putting your time in. And look, it's not, you know, war and peace. It's 80 something pages. There's not much, like, 82. I don't think there's that 82. much to 82 pages. I don't think there's that much to it. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I'm like, geez, I hope I don't get found out. It's really more of a pamphlet, <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> but but uh, it was, um, once I started looking at it like it was a book, like it was something that I intended to be uh, this, this on-ramp, I, I imagine it as like the, the, the light signal at an on-ramp for the freeway. Like mm -hmm. there's all these people sitting there that want to join us and they just kind of are missing a step. If, they, mm -hmm. if you don't have a friend 
I mean, it's incredibly daunting, even, even, even knowing someone really well and having them bring you to practice and introduce you to everybody at some point, they have to start fighting for their life. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's really, and, and even after you start for a long period of time, it's very confronting. No one explained to me what I had to do emotionally as a 40 and 50 year old guy, what I had to do. I mean, I sort of was an athlete. I've been, I've been fit my whole life, but I haven't been, I haven't done something like this since high school because I've just been in an industry my whole working life for 30 years. I was in shape, but I had no time. There was no way I could train. Mm. And so some of the book is, some of the book is how to just simple. It's really simple things like how to go through and how to weed through all the gyms around you and figure out what is a jujitsu gym and what just has jujitsu. Cause there is a difference. Mm. There are gyms that were always Taekwondo gyms that now have a jujitsu class, mm -hmm. but that's not what we call a jujitsu gym. Mm. It's not, I mean, immersion MMA where I train in Glen Waverly, it's an MMA gym, supposedly, but really there's two things we study there, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. So mm -hmm. you're a striker or you're a grappler or you do both and you cross over. Mm -hmm. It's all cool, but we're not like, I, I don't want to say watered down, but we're, we focus on just the effect, those effective sports. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, Absolute is the same way with the addition of strength and mm -hmm. you guys have a regular ring and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. What you were saying, Eli, yeah. reminded me of a, a clip I saw just recently from um, Anthony Bourdain, who also started jiu-jitsu. I think he was 58 when he started. Yeah. And he said one of the uh, the main draw cards for him was that at that point in his life, he loved the chance to be a beginner again, like to learn and to mm -hmm. be totally like yeah. unaware. Like he, he compared it to taking it back to when he was an apprentice chef and, and yeah. having to learn those things so that that intellectual side of it is definitely yeah. very, very challenging at any age, but especially at an older age. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we get so buried into our identity of who we are as we grow, you know, I'm a father, I'm this guy at work. I'm, you know, I do have these friends that I'm this thing for, and I like to go four wheel driving or whatever it is that that stuff, you start defining yourself by those things outside you. And, the great thing about jujitsu is it does define you, but it also is a subtractive activity. So just as a sculptor is starting with a block of stone and reducing to get a sculpture, that's what you're doing in jujitsu. And it's, it's, it's especially apparent when you get somebody that's like 300 pounds and they come in and mm -hmm. like two or three laters, two or three years later, they're a fighting 185 pounds of like, you know, mean ass old dude or old lady, you know? Um, <laughs> so and, and anyway, there, there, there just wasn't, there just wasn't a good way that I saw in our, in our universe for people to come from outside very easily. The people who started it when I started it and, and much earlier were, they were like the equivalent of weeds in the plant world. They were pioneer plants. They grow somewhere where something doesn't really grow that well. Because when you show up for the first time at a gym and you know nobody, now I'm really fortunate. Immersion is an amazing family and very friendly. And we have ties all over Melbourne. We cross train with all the different gyms. Um, but a lot of gyms out in the world are still maybe super traditional 
run by a Brazilian black belt or maybe their meathead, you know, transformative kind of meathead things where this dude was just an all around nasty man. So he trained jujitsu in the, you know, late nineties or whatever. And so when he was starting is vastly different from the, a lot of the sport training and the, the other stuff that we get into today. So if you, if you don't have the, the tools to weed out an environment like that, and you end up in one of those places that's like kind of toxic, pretty male dominated, not really open to new shit, that might, not, that might be the end of your jujitsu. You might do one class and go, well, those guys are assholes, you know, like, and that's really not the sort of sliver of, of, of this sport that, that the people I like and the people that I know you guys are around, that, that's not who we want to promote and who we want to get in. Yeah. So is this, is this book for people who have not done jujitsu and are thinking about taking up jujitsu? It's, it is for them, but it's also for people who have started organically on their own. Um, because I do include a lot of stuff that just will help you just get, if you don't, if you didn't grow up doing martial arts and you don't have the habits that you need to be able to get to the mat consistently, it's simple stuff. But like, if your parents didn't do that great of a job training you on what your hygiene should be like when you're in very close contact with other people <laughs> or um, how to be organized to go and do something tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like I have to, you know, I, I'm an adult that's trained for eight years and I'm passionately involved in the sport. And it, maybe once a year, I'll forget my belt or I'll, you know, like probably once or twice a month, I'll forget to trim my, my fingernails before I go. It's not rocket science, you know, mm -hmm. like, so telling people like that, that they need a pair of toenail clippers and a toothbrush in their bag mm -hmm. and a towel. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, I remember, um, I was, it was, there was some discussion. This was a couple years after I started and somebody asked somebody else, what's the one thing you would always have in your bag. And my instructor maybe went on and said, spare underwear. And I had never thought about it until that, you know, until that time, like it had never crossed my mind. Yes. I always brought a pair of underwear with me. But that also meant only having one pair meant there were definitely days where I went home cowboy, you know, like, <laughs> because, because I wasn't ready. Yeah. And, so, you yeah. know, going through stuff like, you know, when people say to me, okay, I'm ready, I'm going to start training like next week, Monday's going to be my first day, I'll go, oh, so you picked a gym. And they'll go, yeah. And I'll go, well, what gym is it? And they'll go, oh, you know, just, I just like grabbed one off Google. And you know, sometimes that's a good thing. You can get lucky, mm -hmm. but like the basic strategy that I would tell everyone is pick the three gyms that are either closest to work or home, because mm -hmm. those are the two places you spend the most of your time. Yeah. And if you, if you're, if you've got gyms that are near each of those and you don't pick one, but you pick one that's an hour away, you're not going to be training very long. You know, you're, you don't want to, there's going to be a day where you go, oh, it's too cold. I'm too tired. I haven't washed my gear or whatever. And you won't go. And then that'll be the end of it. You know, if you're not good at building habits. Mm. So from the beginning of the book, I try and get people into making the right choices early and nailing those habits and just sticking with it and, and just trying to do the same simple thing over and over again. As the little blurb thing says, there's no secret techniques in it. And I have had people who I showed it to say, why? 
I want some. <laughs> um, but but the like the, the amazing thing about it is it's such a, a it's a very it's like a lot of it's a really simple thing to say you're going to do. It's yeah. a hard thing to follow through over and over and over and over again. And I know both of you know that there's been mm -hmm. times you fall in and out of training or oh, yeah. you get injured and you're just like, what am I doing with my life? Going to be beaten <laughs> up by 30 people, you know, four times a week. Why am I doing this? Yeah. So, Can so it is, it, it is the, for both. Yeah. Any of, any of the, um, Anything for the older grapplers? Obviously, you know, we want people to to read your book and look at your book, but can you tell us anything yeah. specifically for the over 40s? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, and, and again, it's like not stuff you couldn't necessarily find anywhere else, but putting it together into more of a system, more of a plan to keep everything together. It's about how much you actually have to hydrate. How much protein do you actually need? Mm. What sort of things can I take that will reduce inflammation or choose anti-inflammatory foods for a diet, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So, so, um, you know, and uh, sleep, I mean, like it's, it's stuff that you hear now, thankfully you hear it in a lot of places. And yeah. I think humanity on the whole is going, Oh, what we need to sleep. We can't stay awake all night and just catch mm. a nap on the train. So mm. specifically for older grapplers, it's get the right rest, um, make sure you're well hydrated, make sure you're looking after your diet. You, you can't really at this age be messing around with drinking or smoking or staying up late. Or, I mean, like if you want to watch TV in my house, there's a penalty for me to watch TV. If I want to watch TV, if I want to wake up, basically I only watch about between 20 minutes and an hour of TV unless I'm sitting down for a movie. But, and that's always at five in the morning when I'm not training and I have to get on the bike. Mm -hmm. I have to be on the bike pedaling if I want to watch TV. That's so awesome. that's <laughs> just like, that's just like a rule that I made. And, yeah. um, you know, the reality is with just 20 minutes of any kind of cardio a day, mm -hmm. like anything from walking to a rowing machine to whatever, that's all you really need. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't have, if you're practicing a couple times a week and you're doing that the rest of the time, and you have decent strength. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people who maybe would come into this a little bit unprepared, and they might have to work a little extra on uh, strength and conditioning. But but generally speaking, it's very simple stuff for the older grappler that the younger people, they're never going to do. Why mm. would I get up at five and get on a bike? I'm going to walk from the train to work. I don't need to do cardio or whatever it is. Mm. But that's our advantage as mm. older people. I've got better cardio than probably half the 20 year olds. Absolutely. And if I have better cardio, that means more oxygen feeds my computer while I make, you know, war decisions basically. Mm. And so I overtake them because they can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so I would say, yeah, that stuff is all simple, all available. So I remember when I was in my, I discovered Jiu Jitsu at 35. Um, and I remember like, I was still drinking quite heavily, probably smoking a fair bit of weed, you know, and whatever else goes with that. Yep. Um, so my life didn't work. Yep. And um, what I remember is like for that first year, I'd go and sit outside the gym, like every time, should I go in? Should I not go in? I, I'd literally drive to the gym. Really? Build debate going into the gym yeah. for the first whole year. I was in Queensland. It was very tough. It was a tough gym. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I like what I'm imagining, right, is if I'd walked into the gym, 
and there on the at the point of sale at the desk was your book and somebody had said to me look you might be able to kind of fast track a bit of the pain but but yeah you're grabbing a copy of this you know not the physical but not pain, having but to you, go home with no underwear <laughs> yeah yeah like you might be able to you know because it was just it was, it was such a stretch it was such a jump from one life into a completely yeah. different life and like i felt like there was yeah. no manual <laughs> there was no it's like having children. well There's yeah no that's manual to this thing yeah you know? That that's kind of what I imagined it as. I imagined it as a manual for all these people who keep asking me, "Oh, well, you do this. You look fit. How can I get into it?" Mm. You know. Mm. And my favorite is now the third, you know, twenty and thirty year olds at the gym. They go, "Oh, I really hope I look like that when I'm 50. And I go, yeah. "You could look like this now. Yeah. You don't have to wait <laughs> until you're fifty. You, you you know, you should have some good ha- here. Read my book. They're twenty. Absolutely." But- yeah, it is. There's nothing. There's nothing like in this book that only works for forty and fifty year olds. It's mm. just that if you're, you know, eighteen to thirty eight, probably you're not going to listen. No. <laughs> we're old no enough to tell you what. We're to old do. enough to know. <laughs> we're old enough to know that we can get really good advice from people if we look for it. You yeah. Know? Mm. So it's yeah, it's advice from. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, and and that's one of our other, you know, things that I talk about in the book. That's if you're not going to be able to let go of the fact that you're not good at this and you're going to continue to not be good at it for a very long time, it's really going to suck for your ego. If you're that guy, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to do this. You have to be able. And, and that for me, that discussion of ego ties in with injury because for us as older grapplers, the, the thing that we really, really want to avoid is injury because that takes us out of the habit. It takes us out of the, and I do talk about, you know, what you can do while you're injured, how you can, you know, address different types of injuries and get back on top, not from a medical, you know, not from a medical professional uh, standpoint. My, my family was a pretty medically oriented family. Uh, my dad was a dentist and went to medical school and stuff. So we did kind of heal ourselves, but um, but just from the standpoint of, you know, be, being able to avoid injuries and that includes stuff like not using stimulants, like, like, uh, caffeine in them. I find anytime I've used any caffeine, not only do I get rewarded with a massive ca- case of leg and foot cramps from the, you know, dehydrating effects, but I also go way more aggressively than I should be going when it's mm-hmm. time to roll. And if I'm doing that, I'm leaving myself much more open to injury. So I talk more about mm. how your game is not the 20-year-old's game. Your game mm. is not the 30 or the maybe even the 40-year-old's game. Like in the last five to six years, I've gone from a place where I was actively hunting new submissions and they were things I learned that week. And I wasn't going to rest until I got one. And then I was horribly disappointed if I couldn't put into practice what I learned. Now I'm in a mental space where I know if I get there and I'm on the mat and I'm dressed and I got a full water and I can find one person that I've wrestled with before that I enjoy being with, that is a huge win. And it doesn't matter what happens after that. And that is a headspace that's a really comfortable place to be in. It's mm-hmm. a great way to, to exercise with other people. Mm-hmm. And, and it that beca- at that point, it becomes not about how many 
notches you racked up, how many racks of antlers you got of young purple belts or blue belts or whatever you can grab, you know, whatever you can rip off anybody, you know, it, it's moved a little bit beyond the savage. It's still plenty savage. You know, hmm. there's more than enough savagery to make me happy. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, like there's plenty of masochism left hmm. um, on the mat, but, but it's not the point of it. The point of it is it's social for me. I really enjoy that family. I love, I'm an expat in this country. So any friends that I have have been through work or, you know, family connections. I'm now divorced. So that whole, you know, I don't even associate with them anymore. Mm. So that, that they're a major, major part of my support group. Those people know more about me than my family does mm. in a lot of cases. They know what happened to me last week and where I'm going next week and why I'm not around for the last month or whatever. They know all about it, you know, and, that, and that's what I want everyone to be able to go and get some of. I, I want the other people our age to not be discouraged by the fact that they walk in and every single person is ripped and 20 and like bloodlust in their eyes kind of thing. You know, I want to be yeah. this kind of like, yeah, I want to be kind of like this bit of advice, just the, even if it's just the one thing that I put on top that then they go, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'll try it, you know? Talk at all in your book about um, other things like that older grapplers can do on the mats. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm a, a smaller person, but I know I always advocate for people to choose their partners wisely. Do you talk about that at all? Absolutely. I absolutely do. And the, um, the, the type of grappler that I recommend as a mat marriage for a, an older person is actually a woman. I think that the women belt, the upper belt women that we have in our sport are the most fantastic training partners you could possibly find. And I actually say in the book, if you manage to get the attention of one of these people and they're willing to work with you, just realize that you, you actually got you scored one of the best gems in our sport because mm -hmm. for a small person like that who has come through all the ranks to give you the time as a clumsy huge person that could possibly injure them is <laughs> massive so if you can engender trust in a person like that and mm -hmm. have them as a training partner guaranteed they're not going to injure you because their skill level is so high and they're usually typically much lighter than you so if you can be careful enough to roll and drill with a person like that, you will accelerate your learning like four times. I would say four X probably. Really? Um, wow. I, because of my work schedule and stuff, I, I really wasn't fortunate enough at white belt to have one consistent training partner. But during that time, as you know, as you know, my coach, Minnie, he's a smaller person. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so his jujitsu has always been optimized for, uh, smaller people, you know, and, and as an, even as a, quite a strong person, as an older person, I'm weaker than someone much younger than me with the same amount of sort of mass. Mm. So I've always looked for, I always look for, I love training with cops are, are awesome people to train with firefighters, paramedics, because those people all understand how much they can put their body at and still be able to go and work. But but the absolute best training partner I reckon is an upper belt woman, um, uh, and a, even especially a small one. Like <laughs> you just yeah, a yeah. Day. 
I am. Um, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that means free. I'm working on free private. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got three minutes fifty two left. But the what is occurring to me most out of this conversation is you are actually making jujitsu more available to more people. You know that's what I'm loving. This is the message that I'm taking away. Um, is there something else that you would add to that within the three and a half minutes that we've got left to really make sure that people get what what this is and why this is and what you're and and what you want from them? Well, the uh, you're you're you hit the nail on the head. Um, like for me, when when I realized that I might never see jujitsu again, um, the thing it's. I guess this started as a love letter, really, to the sport. And uh, it was a way for me to be connected. And then I realized as it developed, it was a way for anybody to be connected. And <clears throat> and then I thought, you know, I went through this whole sort of wrestling with myself, like, you're just a blue belt. You know, like, what the hell do you, what, what do you know? Because I consider that to be the actual beginning. The white belt is not really the beginning. You get a free belt when you buy a gi. So anybody could have a white belt. You know, like the blue belt is the first belt you're ever given. The first belt you ever earn. It's the first real belt, in my opinion. Um, and so I, I always struggled with, well, you're not really an expert, but but I am. I mean, I've I've managed at this age to hang in there uh, and keep going with with people who are. You know, I watch people shoot past me all the time. There's a purple belt at our club that when my kids were in jujitsu, I helped teach kids class and he was in it mm -hmm. and he shot straight past me. And I can't, there's no way I can't, I can't even be close to him. So yeah, for me, for me, it was about making it more available to more people. And, and I found that like when I went fully through the thought process, that was my contribution that I would be able to make was to. Maybe I make it available to, you know, people who become ultimately much better at jujitsu than I am. That's, that's the point of a teacher. You know, you're supposed to elevate people above you. So. Amazing. Awesome. I think that's a, a really nice place to end it. If, if that's okay. Thank you so much for totally joining cool. us. Um, we'll Thank put you. the link to your book in our podcast episode, which will be out in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cool. we're all about awesome. spreading love in the community and uh, helping all community members, but especially those over 40, as Anton and I are. So we love, we love to help uh, the masters. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you once so again much. for Thank taking the time and for, for writing that book. That's amazing stuff. So. Thank you. Eli. Thanks. Thanks for having me on guys. Uh, I really appreciate uh, having the outlet. Um, yeah. The books on Amazon. There's also a Facebook group, uh, old guy jujitsu. Yeah. Um, there are two old guy jujitsu Facebook groups. So it's not the one that hasn't seen any activity since 2017. <laughs> we'll, we'll put an actual link to your one. And the yeah, perfect. when we do the, yeah. when we do the publishing, but I also recommend all gym awesome. owners getting in touch with Eli, create a connection with him and promote his book because you know he's only actually got one review on amazon like this is early early days let's help him get this out there um because it is a service to the community as much as anything else and it's a self-expression and let's just we just want to foster this is that we need more we need much more like this all right guys take care much thank love you. cheers bye thank you thank you so much see you guys thank you. Bye.